This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today's episode of Motherfucklore is brought to you by the listeners who've supported the show on Patreon. Listeners like Neve Feeney and Fanula Murphy. Garamil Magov, Fanula August Neve. Your support makes the continued production of Motherfucklore possible. And now, the show. of Podcast Network, but not from Headstuff this week. Welcome to Mother Folklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Derek O'Shea. And I'm Ola Majekodumi. Hey, good night, Ola. I'm good, yeah. i actually f- starting to feel better during this pandemic, you know. I think at the beginning, everyone was kind of like, what the hell is going on? How do we cope? And then April was really bad because it was just a whole month of just in lockdown. But hmm. now things are looking up, so it's getting better. It really is. And you've been very busy since you were last on the show. Mm, yeah, I have like got a new job, been doing that from home, been working mm. on some projects independently as well and been working on some podcasts as well. Like I've put a podcast together for RT Junior Radio, Lockdown yes. Asquelga. Tell us about that. That sounds really, that was really interesting. Yeah, so that's Asquelga and it's for kids. And it's just basically them talking about their life during lockdown it's really interesting it's still up on um, RT Junior Radio it's part of the Homeschool Hub podcast so there's a few episodes of that like different children all around the country so Mm. it's really exciting yeah to do in fairness to RT they absolutely pulled it out of the hat when it came to the homeschool to television and you kind of wonder because I was always saying like that that RT always needed to do a kind of an Irish version of Sesame Street and a kind of a kind of (laughs) educational TV because when they do it they absolutely nail it and often we consider the kind of people's favourite RT home productions ever have been children's TV programmes it seems to be and I just think it's that they did so well and I hope it's something they can they can continue and build yeah, as a resource. Yeah, it was really great to like work on Homeschool Hub. It just did amazingly. Like it's, it was mad. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. And you, you said you mentioned you get another uh, another piece of work on the on the pipeline as well. Yeah, I don't know if I could mention it, but like just some <laughs> documentaries ideas like in the, like in the running, like just putting heads together and sure. stuff. So. I'm sure yeah, well, when, when they do come along, and when you when you when you are ready to talk about them, do uh, do, <laughs> do join us again, and we would love to hear about it. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you today, um, and we have a guest on the line, is the day this episode goes out, I'm going to be the keynote speaker at the Celtic Knot Conference, which is it looks at minority language use of Wikipedia, including Wikipedia, which is the Irish Wikipedia, and we are joined wonderfully today by the man who created it all. 
the Irish language version of Wikipedia. Somebody had to be there first. Somebody had to put that first entry in. And his name is Gabriel Beecham. Falcha, good motherfucker, Gabriel. Thank you for having me. Falcha, Gabriel. How are you doing? We are doing all right. We are yeah, surviving. How are you? I am. I am super. I am super. It's a wet day outside, mm. but uh, uh, it's uh, it's uh, but uh, but uh, it's nice to be in here with a nice cup of tea and uh, having a chat with you this evening. Definitely, Gabriel. You um, you and I. When I asked you about um, about your involvement with this this project, Wikipedia, we, I've written articles about this before, and I've interviewed Claire Murray about it before, but somebody took the first step. For some enough, somebody was you. <laughs> How did this happen? When did you say, you know, enough? There needs to be an Irish version of this thing. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Uh, so, just in advance, of, in advance of talking with you, uh, it's just dawned on me that it's been nearly seventeen years since uh, the first edit was made uh, on the Irish version of Wikipedia, which is very worrying, as there are people who weren't alive then who one could now have an intelligent conversation with and who could now write an academic uh, entry for Wikipedia. Hmm. Uh, it's a, it, it, this was, um, this was uh, back then, 2003, that was before uh, Web 2.0. That was before people were accustomed to social media or generating content or crowdsourcing or um, um interacting with web pages it was the era of geocities and um i i remember this area very well i was um one of the things is i i finished my master's in the year 2000 my first master's in the year 2000 and wikipedia the english language version kind of kicked off around 2001 mm. and so wow. there's a whole there's a whole this whole generation of people who've I, I was one of the last people to have a have a wikipedia innocent education <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> and, but I remember the internet, the internet back in those days was a very different animal in terms of, I guess, the content, the, the relationship with it. Social media, I think people used to just forward emails to each other and that was what they had instead of memes. And and I remember there was, um, the, just the layout was so bad. The social media, there was, there were, there were a few predecessors to Facebook and Twitter, but I think it was about 2007 before I, I think Facebook really kicked off in Ireland. It was, um, yeah, yeah. And, and and so it's it's interesting. I'm very interested to see that the Irish that on Wikipedia page was started two years after the English version. That's quite. That's yeah. Quite, yeah. So the well, the history of, of Wikipedia, um, it, it it was it kind of it it, it itself was kind of invented by accident. Uh, it started as a traditional um, encyclopedia project. So so uh, of course the the the. Uh, uh, everyone back back around the year two thousand would have had at home a copy of Microsoft Encarta or mm-hmm. uh, or or something like that uh, on their home computer, um, and so there was a pro- an attempt to um, have people provide content for free. So the original concept was to pay researchers to research a high quality topic, and and to put that available for free online. But I think they only got to about 10 or 12 or 14 articles. Um, in the meantime, they'd started a sort of little test bed project where you could sort of try this new innovative wiki technology, which mm-hmm. had come from a, it was just just becoming a thing at the time where people could edit a web page and have that edit appear live. 
uh, and within uh, within months, uh, it had it had mushroomed to thousands of entries, and the original concept kind of got uh, forgotten mm. uh, and left behind. And so, you, 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 and so, Wikipedia wasn't a thing then. Um, I, I I can't recall how I came across the website, but I I must have been just you know the usual thing after school, searching the internet, going from page to page, and then noticing that there was an edit button in the corner of the web page. Well, and that, that was that was just very very strange at the time. That was that 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 wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um and uh for for someone who likes to like tinkering around on the internet, it just seems like wow, this 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 is uh you know, you or you know, if if, if you're into sci fi or if you're into, you know, art or languages or um uh whatever your interest is, that this this is this yeah, and you and you always were a bit upset that there wasn't the definitive resource available. That mm. this would be a brilliant way to to do it. Yeah, um, a, a rainy t- um, Tuesday afternoon, two thousand three, after school. Yeah, your 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 parents aren't home yet. You could computer at your computer. <laughs> you know what 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 happened then? The the magic moment, the lightning bolt. So, to the best of my memory, there what they had done at that stage was they had created placeholder websites for a few different languages, but they were just in English. And there was a boilerplate text saying, um, you know, this is the, this, this play, this page has been reserved for the Dutch Wikipedia, uh, mm-hmm. edit here to start ed- editing it or the, or the Japanese Wikipedia or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, I came across the one for Irish and, uh, translated it on June the 7th. So that would have been the first Irish specific content. Um, now that's the, that 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 was just the literally translating the front page. Mm-hmm. Um, the again, this was before crowdsourcing or sophisticated technology to make it easy for multiple people to edit mm-hmm. together yeah. in real time. It took several months more to translate the interface stuff uh and so that was all done in uh in php okay um and um uh so it would have been uh maybe march or april the next year before uh a fully featured wikipedia website was available with Mm. sort of with edit links and instructions and uh, and with the machinery of the website itself in Irish. Yeah. And you were mentioning there, like how you came home from school and you thought about this. Clearly then you had a big graph from the Grelga from a young age then. Tell us a little bit more about that. I, I, I do recall there was a change in my attitude to Irish in the early years of secondary school. So I, I would not have been much interested in it until maybe... Well, back back in primary school, uh, I w- I wouldn't really have had much of an interest in the language at all. Uh, I liked languages, uh, so I did French in school, yeah. um, and uh, and uh, I was lucky enough to do Latin, uh, which is not not such a common thing. Um, mm. uh, but one of the things it does is it sort of forces you to learn grammar very well, uh, like 
you, you can't really, I can't imagine how anyone ever spoke Latin. It's such a mathematical language. <laughs> but, like, you, you really need to understand uh, so much about tenses and cases does. and things. I think one of the things I did Latin school for three years as well, I did up to junior cert. And one thing is that I remember when I was doing it, I said, I was, why? You, they explained to you what the nominative, vocative, accusative, dative, ablative cases are. Mm. And in Latin, and you're told this is what it means and this is what it doesn't mean. And and it was explained so clearly. I remember the dative case being explained to me and the genitive case being explained to me. And I was like, why? When the Tishal Ginnendug was being, they, they never said this to us. They never sat <laughs> down and said, this is what it is, that this is a concept that exists in every single language and it represents possession, uh, grammatical possession. And it, it was never explained to us and things we didn't learn what the genitive case was in English either. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I always found that people who studied Latin in school were like geniuses. Like it always just seemed like a hard language to me to study. Oh, well, some people are into maths and some people are into science. So it, 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 I, I think it's, it's, it is analogous. Um, and, uh, but I, guess I was lucky that in, in second year, uh, my, uh, my Irish language teacher then, um, he, uh, he wasn't. Th- it wasn't that he was old school, but he made sure that we understood the irregular verbs mm. and that we had those memorized off pat. That's kind of mm. good in uh, a sense, I guess. Yeah. Then the following summer, I uh, I would have gone to Irish college. Okay. Uh, so I hadn't been before, yeah. uh, and I think that that kind of changed my attitude towards the language. And so when I came back, I was. I guess having had that sort of basis of, of like the, the nuts and bolts of the language built, like having got that, and then having had a chance to speak it and to get a bit more fluent in it, um, I guess it, it kind of felt like, you know, this was actually something that you could do and you could, you could, uh, it, it was a real language and that there was, you know, the more you read, the more you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I do remember clearly I'd, uh, I'd passed the time reading through the big O'Donnell uh, dictionary, uh, looking at, mm-hmm. you know, turns of phrase and, or, you know, unusual words or... Uh, Some great know, just, stuff in there. Yeah. So then a lot of people find that they have more of a graph for Gwelga than when they go to Irish college or the Gweltut and start mm. seeing it more as a language rather than a school subject. Was that really a big journey for you then with the language? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I I do. Uh, I I credit that with 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 changing my perspective. Certainly, mm. uh, I suppose I was also it became part of my identity at that stage. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, that once you once you that that not only was it it wasn't just a subject anymore. It was a language, and that it felt like it was, you know, my language to speak. You know, or that sort of awakening or realization. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm. Uh, so my background is I'm half Irish and half Ghanaian. So my mum would not have been a native Irish speaker, but would have been quite very good at it. Okay. Um, and um, um, so she, I, I, I have distinct memories of her, you know, helping me with homework in school and she'd be writing notes uh, in uh, the Shanclo in the old Gaelic script. Oh. And because uh, she'd have gone to school, I guess, in, 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 uh, in the 50s or 60s, whenever, uh, when that was how you wrote Irish. Mm. That my dad uh, is uh, from Ghana. It, it like Ireland, is a, is a former British colony. So English would be the, the sort of the common language. But there's about twenty different tribal languages. Huh. Uh, my dad yeah. speaks at least three of them. Yeah. Uh, now the way it worked out, he um, he didn't want to confuse me and my sister by speaking them to us. 
So I never got to to uh, to learn those languages. And uh, so around this time, like when I was fourteen, fifteen, it, it kind of felt I kind of got that realization that Irish is 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 my is you know it, it's something that's part of me, mm. uh, and it's something that that uh, I, I I actually do have command of. I can express myself in it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it kind of felt like I was there was a way to get stronger in it, and uh, that it was something that I could own mm. uh, too. Uh, to be part of my cultural identity. Yeah. And I think we've had a conversation before about like, you know, people's assumptions about you sometimes and being surprised that you have Irish because you're a person of colour. Like, tell us more about that, like your experiences with that. Yeah, it's um, so living living in Dublin, it, it's it's not the language of the community. It's not the language of every day on the street. You, you still have to kind of seek out uh, environments uh, where Irish is, is is spoken to some degree, yep. and uh, certainly on the street, um, and particularly so, I guess a, a decade, decade and a half ago, it would have been more common for people to say blithe things, the likes of uh, uh, "Where are you from?" You know, if, if I was to say I'm Irish, pe- people would say well, you don't look Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that, that that rings a bell with uh, with, with many people even today. Um, and I, I, at the same time, I, I don't like the idea of saying that that you have to speak Irish to to be Irish, or that I'm that that someone is is more Irish than someone else because they speak the Irish language better. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it has felt like a, like a source of pride that I can. That, that, that I that I've been able to do something for the language and um, uh, you know by 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 learning it and, and speaking it and by helping other people to learn it mm-hmm. uh, or by taking part in these projects regardless of what other people say about me I know I I know who I am and uh, I, I have you know solid proof that I of who I am mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and what my identity is uh, so. For sure, that's and I think I know you, a person doesn't need to speak Irish to be Irish, but I think the fact is that the that the the Irish language is is there that it's a, it's something that I think that every Irish person is is, is welcome to, and it's I suppose it's it's it, I'd like to think that the Irish language and its constituent parts are a welcoming place and mm-hmm. something that that that's people can engage with. Indeed, I will say though a lot of people out there who are racist mm-hmm. actually and who like to say, oh, you know, they're more Irish than anyone else. Oftentimes when people ask them, you know, can you speak Irish? They're like, no. So I just think that's very interesting, kind of like, you know, being very nationalistic about an identity, being a patriot, and like kind of Mm -hmm. feeling the need to tell other people they're not Irish when you can't even speak the language. And I just think that's very interesting. And they often have an Ivory Coast um, flag in their bio. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it's almost universal in my experience that people who are exclusionary about Irish identity are, are, are usually uh, unable to speak a single word of the language. Uh, and I, 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 uh, I have no bones about make, making them aware of that. There's a there's I think I know um, uh, we uh, Patter and I discussed there's a um, there was an article in Turk uh, a few months back where Dahi de Morda made a distinction between you know being Aranach and being Gaelic and how so I suppose there's a there's there's I guess there's um there's concepts of kind of of, of nationality which are things but there's um I suppose the fact is that a person can 
a person does kind of can get access to the Irish language and go into the be welcoming into that. And that's a a different thing than kind of conversations about I suppose other other things like citizenship. But you but you are right that it's um it's it does seem that like a lot a lot of simplistic attitudes to nationality and uh, that are exclusionary and that are small minded and that are bad tempered. They are they they never have a rich cultural kind of um, understanding or sensitivity behind them. If they're frankly not fully thought out. Uh, they're uh, half baked, yes. and, uh, and 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 the proof is in the pudding. Yes. Yeah, it's funny about um, you know, that article about Gaelicus and Erlichus, and I think me and Gabriel actually had a discussion about that, about you know the word Gael and how he feels about it and stuff. And I think it's a very interesting conversation, and I think it's one that's coming up quite frequently now, as well. Mm-hmm. The distinction is it? I'd be I'd be interested to see how it's played out since then. I know I know it was um. We, we we spoke about it maybe a bit six months back, but it was um, it is something that um, it's I would be interested to see how people think about that because it's um, it's a distinction in the language that doesn't that doesn't completely translate to English. That's yeah, it, it it's it's not a. I mean, mm. yes. So uh, one has to be careful of mm. uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of of false friends here. That um, the the world the word Irish and English words Gael don't completely scan onto each yeah. other. I, I suppose it, 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 it's what, what one intends by that word, uh, by, by those phrases. Mm. Um, certainly, I, I think Irish is uh, and, and, the, and its direct cognate word, Aranuk, are, are very inclusive terms. Mm-hmm. That uh, the Irishness is, is a very broad uh, concept. Mm. And actually, funnily enough, you mentioned uh, Dahi de Morgan's article earlier. He does talk about mm. what makes a nation. And, yeah. You know, uh, you know, it, it's occupation of common ancestral lands or common ancestry with the original occupants of these lands or culture in general or, or language. You know, whether he uses the only language as the mother tongue as the habitual means of communication. And this is what, you know, this is what he says. Is it like, Neil Bonus Fulla na da kraken le nosh gaelach le linishe le kultur changa. It's not on the basis of blood or on the basis of skin type that, that, that the Gaelic nation exists. Yeah. And, and he talks specifically about, and this is something you lose in translation, the idea of Irishness versus the idea of, of being Gaelic. And, mm. and I, you know, when you translate it to Gaelic, it's a bit, it's a bit weird because mm-hmm. it doesn't, but anyway, it just doesn't, it doesn't scan right for me. It doesn't sound right. It's not, uh, you know, and I would never consider myself Gaelic, yeah. but I'd say like, is Gael me, time um, Gaelic, Gaelic is smear. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, uh, anyway, it's all in the context of this idea that this, this Irish alt-right or Irish American alt-right or Anglo-Irish alt-right and, and people from all over the world who claim some sort of Irish ancestry are sort of trying to hold up Irishness as whiteness as Catholicism, mm. as and it's it's to me it's as bullshit as the idea of Western culture. I think with something like Wikipedia and Wikipedia, you, you never really know who the first person is and what the story and and how, how it all got started and how much of, a, of something that kicked off. Um, is it is it something that I mean? Do your colleagues know that you you have this uh, secret life as a Wikipedian? <laughs> Um, it is important to point out that um, that w- Wikipedia and Wikimedia more broadly, mm. um, the, the whole collection of different projects uh, um, uh, that come under its banner, are are, are very much collaborative projects. Mm. Um, there's absolutely no way that Wikipedia would have come to the, the prominence that it has uh, if it wasn't for millions of people coming together to contribute. 
um, their content. By definition, they, they, they rely on loads of people coming, uh, working, uh, working together. Hmm. Uh, it's not something that I, that I talk about a lot, uh, every day. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess it's, a, I guess it's, I guess it's a way for me to sort of, um, to unwind or to indulge my, uh, uh interest in the Irish language and to, in, and my personal, uh, my identity, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Not, not just, well, I've always liked the idea of, of being able to engage with the world through Irish as much as possible. Of course. Um, and, um, Wikipedia is part of that. Um, there's a number of other projects uh, in recent years that have um, that have made that even more feasible. Uh, everything from mobile phones, WhatsApp, um, uh, Facebook, Twitter are all available through Irish. And you, um, and you were involved in the in the the, the famous Green Owl as well. Uh, the Green Owl, Duolingo, yes. Um, so Alchavan uh, Glass, I, even on <laughs> Alchavan, indeed. Uh, the uh, mischievous sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that would have been. Um, so I, I was on the team that uh, co-wrote the Duolingo course um, for the Irish language for English speakers. So you, so you, you, you were involved in some of these example sentences, like drinking wine in front of the cat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Because yes, and uh, and the peach being in the fridge and uh, other such great hits as that. Is it a pro or is it a con about Duolingo? The very strange sentences. I am an Irish crab. I live in Dublin. <laughs> Neil Laka Ogov. You do not have a duck. I love how that sounds like an insult. You do not have a duck. That is, uh, that's also an ongoing project. Uh, this is about f- five people currently working on the core course content uh, and then there's a large group of moderators on on the on the Duolingo forums who uh, who sort of guide people through the language as they're learning it again that's something that I kind of found by accident I I, I had been using Duolingo for uh, uh, to learn German and to revise my French um, and I saw that they were bringing out this new project uh, again about seven years ago um, to have people crowdsource um courses for other languages for even minority languages mm. um and i kind of thought that oh that's that's really something i'd, I'd like to see happen uh, i'd like to get involved that's with brilliant. um and um and uh, amazingly they picked irish as their first uh project oh. uh, irish and dutch were the first to uh crowdsource languages on on duolingo wow. it's amazing uh, which was which was which was unexpected at the time um like irish is not a large languages uh, uh, as we know and um i suppose it was a, a kind of a statement of intent that they, they really were trying to open it up to minority and community languages as well as as well as perhaps uh bigger mm-hmm. languages and bigger bigger target markets too and so obviously we're living through a pandemic at the moment how has life been for you gabriel and how has your working life been through this uh, <laughs> Well, uh, it's uh, certainly unexpected, as as I'm sure we will, we will all agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I work as a doctor. I'm uh, working as an uh, anaesthetist in Dublin. So as uh, as we speak now in July, um, things are much better than 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 they had been. Things are are kind of as good as good as they have been in several months. Mm. Um, so 
um, I'm I'm kind of continually on Twitter, and um, there's a large medical Twitter community, and um, uh, a lot of there would there would have been a lot of talk um, from people kind of watch the latest trends in healthcare, and um, and and I do recall uh, around about February uh, seeing a lot of alarming stuff coming from Italy. Uh, and so the Italian medical Twitter community was kind of cross-pollinating with the English mm. speakers. And um, it was kind of like we were getting sort of uh, warnings, warning shots being fired. Uh, and it's really been a bizarre time that um, that uh, protocols were kind of being developed uh, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Uh, and care pathways were being redesigned. Hospitals were physically being redesigned, mm. turned upside down. Uh, things that normally would take months or years for, you know, business planning and uh, putting things out to tender and, you know, uh, uh, having several meetings, they were just happening. And, and it, it was kind of, it was kind of inspirational in a way to realize that it, it is possible for us to meet challenges mm. um, uh, if, 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 if we are up against the wall. That uh, thankfully, um the uh people took the public health advice to heart which yeah. has kept uh the, the worst of the uh the worst of the virus at bay uh and and so we're, we're in a much better place now than we had been um but um um uh I, it's 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 still um it's uh it, it's still out there and we, it still changes the way that we do our daily business um, but we'd much rather be here than uh, the way it looked like things were going to be. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I'd like to hope to think that people who are are, are entering hospitals are, are appreciative of how hard you and the other frontline um, healthcare workers are are working. How, how how much you've been stretched from the past few months? I I, I think so. I, I've been living in in I'm, I'm living in Dublin in, in Fibsborough mm. uh, in in central Dublin. Um, so I've had one of the most central two kilometer radiuses uh to to walk around for the last few months um but it it just struck me um i think it was early march i was i was on my way to work um uh so this was before the before the full lockdown had come into place uh so i was i was heading into work on a saturday morning and i remember the first time that i saw a line of 15 people standing outside a, a, a cafe two meters apart. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, wow, we might have a chance here. Like, pe- people are willing to, mm. to change the way they do things to protect each other. Uh, people are innately good and innately want to help each yeah. other. And, um, uh, and that, so I, th- I, th- I think we, we have a long way to go and mm. uh, there's, there's, there's calls for hope yet. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I think it's amazing the way the country has come together separately and how most people are following the guidelines and like you said we still have a long way to go and you know people should still remember to keep safe and follow the precautions and everything yeah i think yeah when, when you've got a long way to go it's always good to, to uh, throw your head back from that and see how far you've already come indeed and before we uh before we move along um gabriel do you have a favorite irish word uh yeah um i think um I, I do like the word kahu. Kahu. Uh, kahu. Uh, so, uh, like um, uh, cultivation. Uh, so, I, I was looking it up in the dictionary, and the official definition they give is uh, nourishment or promotion, mm-hmm. sustenance, uh, or to, to stoke. 
or to, to keep something lit. Keep her lit. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fantastic one. Um, <laughs> Can I just say, it does kind of remind me of Cuckoo a bit. Cuckoo, <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> not, not quite the owl, but, uh, <laughs> but a similar bird. Uh, and I, I, I don't mean to take I catch you on the spot here, but I'm gonna, I, I am going to also ask you if you have a favourite Vicar Page entry. Oh, gosh. A favourite Vicar Page entry. Yeah. I, I do... Um, I do remember, so early in, maybe around 2004, 2005, one thing I remember about the early days of Wikipedia was there was a time when not everything was written on Wikipedia, that you could be the first person to write, uh, you know, an article about Coca-Cola or, you know, uh, or, 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 you know, uh, Dunshocklin or, uh, you know, um, I don't know, French cuisine or something like that. Um, And so around about 2004, 2005, there was a user, uh, I don't know their name, but uh, they were into astronomy. Okay. And so they created a series of articles for all um, constellations in the night sky uh, in Irish. Wow. And uh, and provided them with illustrations and... um, and astronomical data and terminology. Uh, so, so if, if you're into uh, if you're into astronomy, uh, I'd recommend checking those out. Fantastic! That's really cool. Because I I know um Cloda, who's a, a regular on the show, is into astrology, and she mm. and on, on her Instagram page, she has um shares a lot of Irish language astrology content. But astronomy, I have to look those up because that that's that is something that's that I've always loved the night sky, and I have a. a got a, a some prints from Kieran Kieran Duffy the artist um he's an works in animation but he uh, created some beautiful uh, prints I think it was last year around the time of the moon landing uh, anniversary of just the of the ver- various planets and other um, heavenly bodies and their irish names absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so th- that's a perfect example so um the constellation of orion mm-hmm. uh that we'd know uh in english um uh, and its alternate name is the hunter mm-hmm. Uh, so the Irish for that is uh, Anbuddach. Mm. Anbuddach, excellent. That's another nice one. So, you might, uh, so, so if people want to, to explore the night sky uh, through the Irish language, uh, that, that's a great place to start on Wikipedia. I think so. And I was, uh, and when I was, um, I was remember I was writing an article about this last year and it was, it was interesting. I always love the connections between art and science. I think it's something that always gives you great encouragement. And the concept, the word space, obviously people have always talk, talked about space being um, in, in between people. or, But the idea of space being, the people in the old days used to refer to the night sky and the constellations, but the concept of space being those areas, the vastness between planets. Apparently that, was, that phrase was coined by John Milton in Paradise Lost. Really? Yes. Right. That seems to be the, the first definite use of space referring to the... Um, area between planets and stars as before because before that everyone people would just talk about the constellations or the night sky or the stars right i guess i guess if you go far enough back people didn't think of of space as a thing it was just the sky mm, exactly yeah it, it, it was just a the sky they didn't think of, of earth being small and surrounded by a great vastness that was maybe um and being outnumbered by other um celestial bodies it's, it's funny sometimes you look at these um I guess scientific concepts, and sometimes, uh, maybe sometimes a poet or a painter thought of it first, which is nice. 
<laughs> in its way. It doesn't mean that they're they're, they're claiming copyright and they did. It's just nice that you know um, we're all people are walking the same road and uh, in different shoes. Yeah. Yeah, nice to think that there's, a, that there's a symbiosis between art and and science. Or, I suppose that's that's the nice thing about language that uh, you you can't really think about a concept until the word exists for it. Yeah, before or you can't communicate it without that language. Um, and then when 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 Limoges arrives, when the right term arrives, then uh, hmm. it changes your perspective. Yeah, when when you, before you invent it, you imagine it. Yeah, that's very true. That's how all the great <laughs> inventions came about. <laughs> Okay, but before we wrap up, is do you have another Irish language project uh, uh, on the go on the trap before, or, or are you going to just stick to work for the time being? You've given the language so much so far, I think. Uh, I, and oh, uh, I think I think my collaborators would, would would shoot me if I uh, if I took on something else before continuing with uh, with with uh, phase two of Duolingo. So we're currently revising the course oh. from scratch. Um, to make it a, a bit more intuitive. Uh, so maybe to introduce everyday conversational language at, uh, at an early stage to, to give people uh, more confidence in, 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 uh, in basic interactions. Uh, so that is a work in progress and has been so for a couple of years, but uh, it is taking shape. Great. We look forward to that with bated breath. Uh, that sounds fantastic. It's, I think yeah. du- Irish Duolingo has been so popular and it has reached so many Definitely. people. And and Wikipedia is, 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 has, has reached a lot of people and is deserving of more attention and more contributors. I know there's people who listen to this show who think, oh, maybe I'm not good enough to do, to, do, to edit Wikipedia. But, you know, I think it's, it's if, if, you've, if you've an interest in Irish and you want to, and you've an interest in other things, you can combine those things. Wikipedia is the place. And it's, I hope, they hope they've taken some encouragement from, from listening to you today. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if, uh, and, and people should certainly uh, uh, check in on the Wikimedia uh, Celtic Knot conference, um, uh, which uh, will have uh, recordings available with, uh, with content specific to Irish and the Celtic languages. Um, uh, and that'll, that'll be online in the next little while. It will indeed. It's going to be... It's going to be coming on today, just as when you're listening to this podcast, you can, we, we will have the link in the show notes where you can go and get stuck in straight away. And we'll be sharing the Celtic Knot, a Vic page content on all our Mother Folklore and Irish 4 platforms. So, Gary Beecham, thank you so much for joining us today. So until next time, it's a slant from me. And a slant from me. Mind yourselves. you enjoyed today's episode motherfucker comes out every friday in the headstuff podcast network if you can't wait that long for your next podcast fix headstuff do some other very fine shows including pints of malt thanks to brian for producing the show thanks to kirsten shield for doing the artwork an extra special thank you to all our supporters on patreon whose support makes the continued production of motherfucker possible patreon supporters also get a number of benefits as a thank you for their support, including uh, discount offers on art prints and other kind of Irish related creators. There's also a bonus content. So we do appreciate them very much. You can contact the show at motherfucker at headstuff.org or on Twitter. I'm at the Irish Four. Until the next time, Slanka Fall. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Full chip tune.
It's certainly distinctive. Stop. Stop on my phone.